Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Ask the Pastors podcast. This is a podcast where you have the opportunity to ask questions and receive biblical answers. I'm your host, Brian Wells, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Will DeBall, and our pastor of Youth and Connections, Thad Yessa. Now, as you may have noticed, the title and name of this podcast has changed. It is now Ask the Pastors. Uh, pastor Will, would you explain the new format of this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brian. And thank you for joining me in real time and Thad for joining us as well. So um, this came out of a desire more than anything uh, to just have an extra layer of consistency and accountability uh, with recording these episodes because I've gotten we've gotten a lot of really good feedback on the episodes that we've been able to record together. Uh, but for me, a lot of times as a perfectionist, I tend to procrastinate. And so, you know, if I can check a couple, three, four smaller tasks off the to-do list, and that delays having to sit down and actually, you know, do the hard and longer work of preparing for a podcast uh, recording, then sometimes I'll do that the week gets away from me. So as we look ahead to the fall and starting a new season of the podcast and all of that, I thought, you know what, this will give me an extra layer of accountability. And maybe even more than that, though, uh, it just gives more voices. You know, what's better than hearing one of your pastors weigh in on an important topic that's on your mind, that's on your heart, hearing a couple of your pastors, all of you, you know, all three of us together. So, um, yeah, the format going forward, we're hoping is, you know, Brian, you kind of can serve as our, our host and moderator, mm-hmm. raise the topics for us, ask some feedback questions, add your own thoughts and and, uh, and, and input as well, but Thad and I can weigh in. The other thing, too, is for me, just the way that I think, I think that uh, that having more of a dialogue and having more, you know, conversation partners uh, mm-hmm. is helpful for me, too. Sometimes, you know, as, as maybe Thad's making a point, it'll spark a new thought for me. So, anyway, I'm... I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to letting our church hear more from the two of y'all, um, as well as letting me hear from y'all, and just hopefully the synergy that happens as we put our heads and hearts together on some of these important topics. So thanks for being willing to do it, guys. Appreciate y'all, and uh, Thad in particular for spending, I know it'll be extra a little bit of extra time for you and preparing for the topics and, and researching and all of that as well. So thanks for hopping out. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks for that. So in light of finishing up, recently finishing up our series in Acts, uh, the focus especially on evangelism and sharing the gospel, we thought this question would be especially pertinent. The question today that we'll be discussing is, how do we share the gospel in a corporate professional setting? Yeah, so I'll hop in first, and um, you know, it's funny, we're wrapping up Acts, as Brian said, we're getting into Ecclesiastes, and you know, one of the things that we learned early on in Ecclesiastes is there's nothing new under the sun, um, and so I think all the best ideas are, are stolen, so for me, when I <laughs> thought about, you know, how to go about ta- tackling this topic, or any topic, a lot of times is to start by, you know, just researching and seeing what else is out there, and those of y'all who know me know that I'm a big fan of the Gospel Coalition, and so um, one of the first articles I came across in sort of researching for this topic was one that they had put out um, actually, I guess about eight years ago now, um, co-authored by Greg Gilbert and Sebastian Traeger, 
Um, they wrote a book together called The Gospel at Work, How Working for King Jesus Gives Purpose and Meaning to Our Lives. And um, this particular article on the TGC site was uh, just an excerpt from that. And so I thought they have a five-point outline um, for going about kind of responding to this question of how uh, we can practically share the gospel in a professional corporate type of, of setting. Because again, here we've gone through Acts and we're talking about be a witness, be a witness, be a witness. Well, for most of us, you know, our, most of our waking hours um, are spent nine to five, Monday through Friday, are spent um, probably in the office or, or at the, these days working from home, which is maybe another topic for another podcast. But um, assuming we're, we're, you know, you're somebody in a workplace environment, how, what does it mean? What does it look like to be a witness in that kind of environment? So I thought this is a helpful five-point outline and uh, to maybe just go point by point, topic by topic, and then you know we can weigh in on each and um, see what we have to say. But I, I'll just start by reading the introduction uh, to this article and then point number one, and, and we'll dive in. So um, they start this way. As a Christian, you're, you are a fully credentialed ambassador of the empire of Jesus, high king of the universe. God has entrusted to you the message of reconciliation, the good news that Jesus reconciles rebels to God. That's as true from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, as it is any other hour of your life. When you go to church, you're an ambassador for the king. When you hang out with your friends, you're an ambassador for the king. When you go to work, meet with a client, participate in a meeting, work on a project, drive a nail, create a blueprint, welcome a customer, write a paper, you're still an ambassador for the king. Um, and so they just go from there and, and ask the question, what does it look like to be a faithful ambassador for the king in our workplace? And here are five suggestions. So their first suggestion is, just do good work as a Christian. And uh, I, I can just uh, speak personally from a number of uh, relationships and conversations I've had with members here at West Hills um, where they can, they, they personally testified to me at least. And again, we're all to a certain extent the three least qualified people to be talking about this topic because. We don't work in a corporate, secular <laughs> workplace environment, so you know here we are trying to give advice. But I guess all I can do is is try and pass on advice from others that are in that setting. And I think of one brother here at West Hills in particular, who uh, shared with me just again this this idea that um, he just tries to do uh, kind of like Colossians three twenty three tells us to do: do everything as you would unto the Lord. And, uh, you know, if, if, if Jesus was your boss, how would you approach your work? And he tries to do it that way and just tries to bring, uh, put his faith into practice and just, just the way he carries himself in the office um, and the way he goes about his work and what a witness that is and, and how, you know, in, in certain settings at least, how in, in, countercultural that really can be. You know, this, this particular uh, brother that I'm talking about is at, at Boeing software or was at Boeing software engineer at Boeing and just talking about how, you know, so many of the other sort of managers, um, peers of his in uh, team leads, uh, you know, their real MO and the way that they lead people is, you know, how can I promote myself? How can I, you know, get ahead by, and if that means I have to throw the, 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 people on the team who are working for me, working under me on this, under the bus, uh, to, to get ahead. If that means I steal their, their ideas and present them as my own, if that means, 
you know, and just for him to, to say, I want to be a different kind of leader, you know, like a, a Mark 10, 45 kind of leader where, you know, I'm not going to lord it over the people that work under me, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and serve them. Um, and so, you know, just things like that, where you're just, you're just being a good, honest, decent, hardworking uh, person of integrity in the workplace, I think can, can be a huge witness and at least give you that platform with people. And yeah, I think it all starts with that idea that we are ambassadors of Jesus, that everywhere we go, we are to reflect him in what we do. And it's helpful to ask those kind of questions. What would Jesus do in this situation? Would Jesus throw people under the bus? Would Jesus steal people's ideas? Would Jesus participate in gossip in the office? And using all of those moments and interactions to further do good work, to be a good employee, to be a good worker among other people, but doing the best because what we do is a reflection of Jesus. And it may sound really simple that we want to do our best work, yes, because we want to get paid and we want people to like us, but more importantly, because it's pleasing to God to do our best work to promote Jesus in that way. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I'm hearing you say is the motivation should be different for doing excellent work mm-hmm. if you're a believer. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the second topic, uh, or sorry, uh, answer to the question uh, of how can we uh, be witnesses in the workplace environment is, um, again, do good work as a Christian and then learn to put God on the table. And I, to me, this section in particular really uh, stood out to me. So I just want to read this paragraph that they have in, in explanation. Learn to put God on the table. Yes, just throw him out there. Let people know in a natural, easygoing, confident way that you're a Christian. Why do so many believers try to keep their Christianity a secret? We all want someone to approach us and ask us about Christianity, since that saves us the awkward experience of having to start the conversation ourselves. But often we go out of our way not to give them an opportunity to do so. When someone asks what you did over the weekend, tell them you went to church. Mention the Bible study you attend on Tuesday nights. Don't just mumble, I'm sorry I can't come to your birthday party, I'm busy. Say instead, I can't come because I'm scheduled to work at my church's clothes closet this weekend. You don't have to be obnoxious or irresponsible about it. Just make sure you identify yourself publicly with Jesus. Let people know somehow that you're a Christian and don't mentally censor your Christianity out of your interactions and conversations. You'll be amazed at how often people will take the opportunity to press in on the little pieces of information you've just offered. People are often more interested in spiritual things than you think. They just need a bit of permission from you to feel free to talk about it. And that's the end of the paragraph. But I can I can think of a number of examples of, again, conversations I've had with our, our congregants here where, you know, one, one man that was telling me, uh, you know, uh, he was mowing his lawn and um, his neighbor next door, you know, uh, was asking him, something about, you know, well, why, why it's, it's so hot today. Why don't, I, I'm going to mow mine on Sunday or something like that. And he's like, well, I, I could have said, well, I have another obligation, but instead I said, oh, you know, we go to church on Sundays, just easy little things like that. Um, uh, another, uh, sister here who, uh, is, is on the PTA board at her, um, kid's school and um, who, you know, just early on being a part of that, you know, had, had told him, look, I'm, I'm not going to be available for meetings Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings. 
you know, is that, is that going to be okay? Um, am I still able to be involved? And when the follow-up was, you know, what do you have going on those days? She, she just told him outright, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm involved in church. And, uh, it was interesting. She told me that, um, pretty soon thereafter, she had one of her fellow PTA members, uh, follow her out of one of their meetings and sort of chase her down in the parking lot to let her know, um, you know, my, something about my, someone in my family just got diagnosed with this terrible, you know, illness. I'm really anxious about it and I don't go to church. I'm not religious, but I know you are, and maybe you got a connection with God. I just, I don't know what else to do. I I'm asking somebody to pray for me. Would you pray for me? She had an opportunity right there in the parking lot to stop and let's pray. And you know, again, that's the kind of conversation, spiritual conversation, witnessing opportunity, prayer opportunity that wouldn't have happened if she wasn't forthcoming about the fact that, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm involved in, in church because I'm a Christian. And that's just one way of being able to put, it's not all about church, it's just about putting God on the table and raising that as a, a topic for conversation that's not, not taboo that, again, people need to hear. And, and oftentimes, as they say in the article here, oftentimes want to hear. People mm-hmm. want to have those outlets because they, you know, how, how many times... Uh, I've heard other Christians here, you know, talk about how they had a coworker approach them and be like, you know, I thought I was the only Christian in this whole organization, and yeah. and then I heard you at the water cooler the other day talking about, you know, church on Sunday, and you know that was just so so encouraging um, to me to feel like I'm not the only Christian here, you know. So so it's not it's not taboo, um, and and again, not only that, people oftentimes want to to know that there's even if they don't identify as religious or, or spiritual or whatever to know that hey when when the crap hits the fan I know somebody who's got a, a, a line of con- connection conversation mm-hmm. with the Lord who I'm gonna go to them because you know I, I don't know maybe I don't even know how to pray but uh, I think that's pretty neat and yeah I think you know as the writers say that people are often more interested in spiritual things than you think they just need permission so it's that just a simple thing like, oh, I had a great weekend at church this weekend, or hey, on a Saturday I'm doing this event at church, going to this, and so I can't come to that. And it's not you're cramming Christianity or the gospel down their throat. You're just letting them know, hey, I make this a priority in my life. And you're also inviting them to ask further questions on that, that you're opening the door to be like, yeah, I go and I do this at my church on the weekends. And they can choose in that moment to follow up, but they're never going to ask, like, why do you go to church if you never tell them that you go to church? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, number three on uh, their list here is build relationships beyond the office. And I think this can be a hugely important one as well and uh, just practical open door for witnessing and evangelism. Um, again, without having been someone who's necessarily, I, I guess I, I can think back long enough to sort of pre-ministry part-time jobs and things like that I had. Um, but, you know, I think because your faith is such a deeply personal thing and because, you know, the, the truths and the convictions that we're talking about when we think about um, the gospel and our our faith in, in Christ and our, our following and surrendering our lives to him and, 
and calling others to do the same and conviction of sin. I mean, these are heavy enough things that, you know, oftentimes that is going to be difficult probably for that to come up uh, in between emails, you know, for those two minutes at the water cooler or whatever. I imagine that if and when those conversations are going to happen, it's probably going to be more often than not um, after hours, you know, you, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a company party, you go out for a drink, you have them, you have that, that coworker over and, and, and her husband or whatever over for, for dinner and just to get to know them again outside of the office and building that relationship, you know, and again, I can think of so many examples of, of members here that do this so well, um, you know, one brother who, who throws a, a company party, like twice a year for his real estate team and invites the whole community to join for that. Um, another brother in my life group now who is just sharing with me that uh, just a couple months ago, they started an office Bible study, you know, and again, that's not on company time. That's not office hours time. Uh, it's interesting that he's one of the sort of uh, uh, bosses now in, in the in his financial firm and so uh it's it's interesting i think they he said they have like 15 or 16 people in that in his office and i asked how many people have joined the the bible study you know sort of getting up early coming into work early to join this bible study is like 12 of them you know so it's like hey even if even if they're coming to suck up because you're the boss or or whatever to join the bible study extra face time with the boss Hey, if that's leverage that you can that you can work to to get people in, in scripture and ha- having these spiritual conversations and praying together, things like mm-hmm. that, I think that's that's time well spent. Again, outside of the the nine to five office hours. So, yeah, and you're you're showing with them that you care more about them than just what they can do for the team that's or right. for the company. You're showing that you care about them as a human being and. Yeah. As you said, just even developing those relationships that if you're just sending emails, it's going to be really hard to build a deep relationship. But I think for me, prior to full-time ministry working at UPS, that Mm. one of the best relational things that I did with coworkers was after we got off, after our third shift job and it was morning, we'd go out to breakfast together Mm. at the bar across the street and we'd eat, get to know each other. And that led to further conversations that I was a groomsman in one of my co-workers' weddings whom I'd only known him for six months, but mm. the relationship became so deep that he's like, no, I want you to be part of this. And he called me when he had marriage troubles, but mm. he didn't know that I cared until we started going to those breakfasts and getting to know each other better. And sometimes over a meal, it's just so much easier to tear down some of those walls mm-hmm. that you might have in the, the corporate setting. But... Yeah, just casual meals. It doesn't always have to be over spiritual things, but just asking what's going on, talking about your family, and using that as a strategic thing that, yes, you hope and pray to share the gospel, but also just showing that you care about them as a person. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think, Pastor Will, you shared this uh, this thought of, like, people don't care what you know until they know that you care, yeah. uh, which is just, it's so true, building this relational capital uh, with people and then having that door to share the gospel. Yeah. It's a really great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said too, Thad, not, not just viewing that through the lens of, of the relational capital, but, but like you said, Thad, I mean, just yeah, for people to know that you, you're not 
just treating them as an evangelistic opportunity or a means to an end to, to be obedient to Jesus or something like that. But like you, you're doing it because you genuinely love them. You genuinely care about them. And, and even if they're not responsive to your evangelistic advances, even if, you know, they shut that conversation down or whatever, to see you as a Christian, not just, you know, uh, shut up, shut down shop. And well, I guess I'll move on to, to more fertile soil elsewhere um you know if you're not going to be responsive to the gospel but no you know i i just i love you i you know i want to pursue a relationship with you um regardless of that because god loves you and god's still pursuing you regardless i think is important so uh the the their fourth piece of advice here for being a witness in the workplace is using the witness of the church and uh, this is another one short paragraph but i thought was good enough maybe i'll just read it as you build relationships with people look for ways to involve other believers from your church as well one of the greatest witnesses to the gospel on the planet is the love christians have for one another john 13 34 35 if you and some friends from church are going to be hanging out together invite one of your co-workers to come along the conversation doesn't have to be explicitly spiritual Sometimes interactions between a group of normal, interesting, fun, intelligent Christians will change a person's entire perspective about Christianity. Also invite coworkers uh, to your church's worship services. Let them see what it's like for a group of Christians to gather and take their faith seriously. Many have never seen anything like that, and experiencing it can raise all kinds of good questions in their minds. Jesus called his followers to gather together into churches for a reason. Your church family can be an enormous evangelistic resource. Let them be co-workers uh, with you as you hold firmly to the word of life in your workplace. And again, we could probably just go down the list of uh, different ways that we've seen this play out. Again, whether it's our official events that, you know, that's how I think about how we want to use events like Fall Festival and, um, you know, any sort of uh, church block parties and Easter egg hunts and why we do those kinds of things is it gives those opportunities for people um, even even outside of again a, a typical Sunday corporate worship kind of a setting that that a lot of people would be intimidated or uninterested or whatever just to come and see hey Christians are are normal fun loving people or or whether it's the you know to me some of the ways it happens best is just the the less organized things it's the mm-hmm. pickup basketball games that you know a group of guys from church uh, are getting together it's the you know it's the poker night it's the you know um, men's shooting event that we got coming up or you know whatever just yeah. in different ways that people are are getting together not even necessarily to to be Christian or to do Bible study or anything like that, but just um, to to enjoy fellowship and to enjoy one another's company. And then as people, you know, find that sense of community, it, it's interesting how many people in our entry point classes, you know, when we ask them, what are you looking for in a church? I would say four times out of five. I mean, maybe not. We have a lot of people looking for a solid biblical church, but especially the ones who aren't believers, the, the folks that we're trying to, to reach with our, our evangelism, like this uh, article and, and the question is talking about, you know, everybody wants community. Everybody wants mm-hmm. relationship. Yes. Everybody wants to feel a sense of belonging, to feel loved, to feel accepted, to feel included, to feel cared for. This is a, a common, you know, like just top tier on Maslow's 
hierarchy of needs, like need in all of us as humans. And so to the extent that we can show them, hey, we've got that here um, in a really deep way, you know, because what knits us together is not just, you know, a common interest in, uh, you know, a sports team. Like what knits us together is so much deeper than that. And really, you know, even for, for somebody to come and, and, in a certain sense, maybe not be a member of the church, but like to really start to feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. at West Hills, you, you can get that very quickly without even officially joining the church as a member or whatever, just from, again, our, our fundamental um, conviction that we're all image bearers of Christ, you know, and that that is why we care so, so deeply about people. And so, when people come on, on Sundays in particular here, we want this to, to be their experience, is just to be overwhelmed. And again, I think it is for us at West Hills. When we ask the follow-up question, you know, what was it that um, got you really convinced that this was the church for you and what, what caused you to stick around at West Hills? That's where, yeah, again, nine times out of ten, uh, you know, because they preach the gospel a lot of churches, um, but, all, but it was, you know, it felt like home. You know, and I felt included. I felt, and so I think you know, people witnessing that and seeing our love, like Jesus said, John thirteen thirty four thirty five, they'll know you by your love for one another, as they see us love not only one another but love them, and draw them into the community. That really, uh, I think, is is such a powerful witness to people um, who, whether they realize it or not, have that that even deeper longing for communion, not just with other humans, but with God. So. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I, I, just one thing. I think it is an easy way to just show people that Christians aren't weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, one guy in our church just recently, when we had our men's softball game, invited a coworker from work who yeah. he hadn't interacted with, but he knew him from school, and he's like, "Hey, this is what we're doing. You should come out." And mm-hmm. just a fun, a fun time that those low hanging fruits are are things we should take opportunity of. Yeah. And even further, just to show Christians aren't weird, that we can love the same things that you do as well. That's right. That's good. And quick plug to here, um, Pastor Brian's posting in both the public page and the, the Facebook closed group. Share our uh, our promo for our new Ecclesiastes uh, sermon series. So we're just wrapping up Acts. We're getting ready to start a new fall series this Sunday. Share that. That's such an easy way, again, to try and include people in the witness of the church and invite people in um, with you on Sundays to join you for what God is doing here. So um, lastly, number five, this is their last point anyway, is uh, have a mission field mindset about your work. Um and so this one, I think, is just speaking even more to just how do you, when you wake up in the morning, it's Monday morning, and, you know, am I am I thinking, huh, you know, another week of work, or am I thinking, hey, regardless of what I'm doing, making widgets, you know, uh, I'm, I'm teaching kids, I'm selling insurance, I'm, you know, trying to heal people's diseases, you know, whatever you're specific nine to five vocation calling might be. Uh, we all have these opportunities to be basically missionaries in our other than us, the three of us here, because I'm going to trust that everybody who works at West Hills is a believer. But the rest of y'all who are listening to this podcast, um, it's highly likely 
that you will not have 100% um, believers in your workplace environment. Right. Um, and so that's a beautiful thing. I, to me, I get energized by missional opportunities and evangelistic opportunities. So I'm jealous, you know, I, I'm jealous of those of you who, who get to work in um, workplace environments where you, you get to be a missionary. I mean, that's, that's where all this stuff, I mean, we're just the equippers of the saints for the work of ministry here mm-hmm. as pastors. You know, we don't get the fun of actually getting to do it very often. I mean, I have my outlets with my volleyball guys mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, fam- family friends that aren't believers, things like that. But by and large, you know, 90% of the time I'm spending my people with is shepherding the church and trying to care for them uh, and equip them so that they can go and do the work of ministry. So how can you have that kind of a mindset that you really, you're a missionary for, mm-hmm. for nine to five Monday through Friday, you, you are a missionary uh, and, and living on mission in your workplace. Yeah. And just remember that you have access to people that other people don't have access to that, whether you're in the medical field or an engineer or working at Chick-fil-A or wherever you are, that you have unique access to people that we as pastors don't, that other members of the congregation don't. And part of that is God's sovereign plan to put you in that location and to really lean into that and view it as a mission field, that we are all called to be missionaries. That's good. And I think, you know, they had five. I would add one more to the list that you can either do this at the end or at the beginning and just pray and pray and ask the spirit to make you sensitive to those individuals to give you opportunities that we have to believe if we're praying and asking the Holy Spirit to bring someone to our lives to share the gospel with, that that's a prayer he's going to answer. That's right. And also invite other people uh, in your life, other Christians in your church, other Christians in your small group to pray with you for specific individuals that you've had opportunities to share the gospel with yeah. and, and invite them to join with you in praying for, for them. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to start with prayer and with prayer, prayer all the way through. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's well said. Good reminder. You're right. Uh, definitely number one and seven of the list. We'll make it seven points and and we'll add prayer at the beginning and the end. So, Well, those are just a few helpful tips and ideas for you to share the gospel in your workplace and with your your friends. Um, So hopefully that was helpful and equipping for you. That's all for this week's episode of Ask the Pastors. Uh, Remember that you can ask your questions each week at the info bar or by submitting them online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week.